Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, mystics and masters in the making. This is The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Jerry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, morning. Afternoon. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, we're here. Yeah, in your time zone. <laughs> you know, today, um, our series on false teachers and false teachings takes us into some very interesting territory. And uh, actually, we're going to be picking up where we left off in our last program because that lecture was an extended one. We simply didn't have time to do it justice in one show, so we kind of split it up into two or three. Anyway, one of the things that uh, you may recall, those of you who were listening to us last week, one of the last statements we heard was, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we have to understand that there is a limit to God's willingness to strive with our human consciousness and carnal mind and carnal ways. And as we've said many times, the number of opportunities we are given to wake up are limited. So when the Lord and the Master's knock, it's a very good idea to answer. Now, today's program includes some very interesting commentary on soulmates and the purpose of balance in particular, addressing the idea of the masculine and feminine polarities of God. Now, that sounds interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> Indeed. I know, so your eyes get bigger when I said that. This may be dangerous ground, but we'll, we'll see where it takes us. But for now, we're going to start with... What today's program picked up after the last one left off was, we each have a divine blueprint. Fulfilling this blueprint involves gaining mastery on many levels. Now, how important can a soulmate be to the fulfillment of this plan? Well, our soulmate is one with whom we have identical soul patterns. We are assigned to work out the balance of alpha and omega, masculine and feminine energies, within and gain mastery, eventually containing the allness of God. So it's rather a big mouthful there, but we're talking about soulmates and the allness of God. May I beg your indulgence, sir? Of course you may. <laughs> can we can we just before we go to that, can we talk about the fear of the Lord? <laughs> yeah, we sure can. Because I grew up we always do. <laughs> I grew up, um, my family attended a quite fundamentalist Christian church. And of course, uh not all, but some preachers like to put the fear of God in you um rather strongly, shall we say. In other well, words light your pants on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fear can never be the motivation for behavior. Um, in the sense that you know, a commitment can never be made out of fear. It has to be made out of love. But I think the point here is that um, the fear of the Lord is being of wisdom. And that's, you know, we think of fear as awe. Right. And, you know, the awe of God. But also an understanding that we're here for a purpose. God didn't create us just to float around for eternity, sort of in, in the, you know, twilight zone, so to speak. And so God has given us ample, ample opportunity, thousands and thousands of lifetimes. And as long as we're progressing, that's that's the whole thing. And I think what this addresses is for those that make the free will choice, I'm not going to pursue God. You know, I'm not going to do anything terrible, maybe, but I'm not going to pursue God. I'd just rather be who I am and enjoy life, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, Tom, what you were addressing at a certain point. Even if they're not horrible, terrible people, you know, you either have to decide to embrace God and pursue God or what is the purpose of your life. And I think the fear of the Lord is something that says, look, Let's understand the cycles of God, not only personally, but on a planetary scale. And we're all, everybody knows that something's different in this coming of the age of Aquarius. We're actually there now, but Armageddon, whatever you want to call it. So this is the time when people are going to be making decisions. 
And it's important to know that these decisions are, are you know, crucial to the evolution and growth of our souls. So I just want to mention that, not, not trying to, to scare people, quote unquote, but at the same time, you have to understand the equation of life on planet Earth, which we've talked about a lot. And there comes a time when you have to choose who you're going to serve. The Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve. And we make that choice every day. You know, um, it, that's really not a side road, um, Sid. I think that's, that's right down the main uh, lane and the highway here, is that we're talking about respecting God, having the awe of God, uh, a certain kind of awareness. That fear is a word that was, you know, in this context is biblical, has right, many, many exactly. shades of meaning. And because it does, it can be taken literally or it can be taken in the spirit that is intended. I think the point is that you're making, and it's well, well made, Sid, is that we have to be aware that we are making choices. And one of the choices that we make is to respect or to have a certain level of awe of God. And in so doing, the choice we make is to become more aware, to raise our consciousness. And as, as I said at the outset of the show, that one of the things that we are striving to do is gain mastery and part of that process of gaining mastery is gaining balance between and among those various parts of ourselves, our chakras, our electronic belt, you know, many different parts of us that we've spoken about many times. Well, I think, I'm sorry, Terry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, fear and trembling of the Lord. Uh, there's a reason that there is fear and trembling is because the elements of the human consciousness that are out of alignment with the will of God will fear and tremble. Yeah. And so once you come into alignment with the will of God, you don't have that fear and trembling and you have peace. That's a really good point, Terry. Yeah. And um, so I think in, in kind of taking this now full circle, if we will, to today's subject, which is, remind me again. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's partly re- referencing the masculine and feminine polarities That was of kind God. of a joke, actually. <laughs> I know. You wanted, you wanted me to be the target for that. <laughs> no, no. I just, we're talking about soulmates, which you introduced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, my wife and I were watching a movie the other night, and and it was a kind of a romantic thing. And the, I don't know it was a man or the woman or the woman to the man says, do you believe in soulmates? And I think that in, in, in the worldly sense, many people think soulmates are like twin flames. In other words, we've given the teaching on twin flames. You're created from the same fiery void of God, and you only have one twin flame. But you can have many soulmates, actually. Right. And, for instance, what do you do if your twin flame is ascended? It's pretty hard to you know, get together with your twin flame on planet Earth if that twin flame is ascended. So soulmates are individuals that, as you suggested, Tom, we share a common goal. Uh, you know, we come together for a purpose. It can be a man or woman. It can be in a marriage relationship, a business relationship, mm-hmm. you know, Two people of the same sex working on the same project. I mean, there's a lot of manifestations of soulmates. Well, one of the things that I've read, and I'm sure you have too, is that the soulmate process is working on mastery in a particular area. It isn't necessarily across the board. And I think that the teaching has it that the soulmate in particular can be very effective in helping us work out what we have to deal with on a certain chakra. So I think what I think I said at the beginning, an identical soul pattern may not be identical, but it's similar enough that we recognize the, the duality of our work together so yeah. that where we're going, if we are open to it, will take us to a place of mastery. And, and fulfill some purpose of God. And also it could be a karmic thing. Well, um, very often it is, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you you and someone else do something in a previous lifetime that doesn't, you know, promote and move forward the kingdom of God on earth, there's a karma there, and then there's an opportunity to balance it as well. So Yeah, you know, you brought up twin flames, and I think that one of the most interesting things I ever heard when I was first in the teachings was, oh, I want to meet my twin flame. And the person I was speaking to who was a minister 
said, no, maybe you don't. I went, what? <laughs> said, well, sometimes the, the karma between and among twin flames is so heavy that you might not be ready for that encounter. So it's one of those things, you're working with a soulmate perhaps to prepare yourself for the encounter with a twin flame. Exactly. God, God has to ordain that time. And of course, some people, uh, you know, we've talked in, in recent shows, in fact, about storming heaven, so to speak. You know, and I think some people will storm heaven and say, I am going to be with my twin flame this lifetime no matter what. Yeah. And so they end up getting maybe the imposter of their twin flame. You know, you just never know. So you do have to trust the cycles of God. And there's a beautiful story that Mark Prophet tells, or actually Mrs. Prophet told, that mother told uh, many years ago in her embodiment, you know, she was uh, Guinevere. At, uh, with Camelot. Camelot, yeah. And when she was dying, an itinerant priest came by to give her last rites. And that priest was her twin flame, Lanello. Oh, wow. And so um, you can see how sometimes there are these interactions, but um, it wasn't the time. It was something different. Mm. So believe in the promise of God and believe that as you move forward spiritually, you are drawing closer to your twin flame, wherever that twin flame is, even though it may not be in the physical. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to another point that we were making earlier on, and that is that uh, it's, it's understood that God is androgynous. It, possessing both the polarities of the male and female alpha and omega, that there's a perfect balance there in the allness of God. And one of the things that has been a question among many people in teachings, and you'll hear this later on this uh, the lecture excerpt we play today, is that the soul is not androgynous. The soul, as we understand it, is a she, it's feminine. And the alpha, the, the father is the alpha energy. That's part of the polarity of our spiritual Existence. Well, Jesus, you know, the bride of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we all are the bride of the Christ in the sense that, as you suggest, Tom, we're the feminine polarity to the masculine of the Christ. And uh, in fact, I have uh, in, a, in our bedroom at home, I have this beautiful 19th century picture of Jesus receiving his bride. And of course, it's symbolic sure. um, of the soul being received by the Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. And yes, we're androgynous beings, but there is, there are polarities, Mother Earth. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't call it Father Earth, you call it Mother Earth. And so the, the Father in spirit and the Mother in, you know, in the physical realm. Yeah. So there are polarities of God, and there is a balance of polarity, polarity even though, you know, there is that androgynous nature. And both of us have masculine, we all have masculine and feminine in us anyway. But there is a, a predominant uh, energy there for each one of us. So the people that, uh, that are calling God she... In a sense, are correct for one half of the God flame or the the God. Well, I think that that what is missing from from certainly from the Protestant churches since the Reformation is the lack of the flame of Mother yes. in in Christianity, and of course the the Catholic Church says as large extent because of Mother Mary, um, but also they look at her as the exception, not the rule. So in the Eastern teachings, you know, in both Buddhism and Hinduism, the role of the mother is very predominant. Sure. Yeah. And, and I was going to mention earlier that. Um, when we give the sign of the cross, we include the mother. So in the name of the Father, the Mother, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is seems complete now for me. I mean, you say that there's one God, and yet we have, even in Western Christianity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, different aspects of God. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be caught up in, in, in word games, so to speak, with right. this. But it's an understanding that there are vibrations and roles that God has ordained. Well, and I think that it, it's probably useful to have this discussion about some of the terms that are being used and bandied about. One of the ones that came up in last week's program, and it'll probably come up again today, is that the spirit is immortal, but the soul is not. The soul gains immortality, but the soul is not intrinsically 
immortal. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't believe that. They don't understand that. A lot of false teachings rely on their gullibility to perceive the soul as immortal, which it yeah. is not. Yeah. It can be lost. And, and, you know, the spirit, you know, God gives us a portion of himself. We have an I am presence. We have a threefold flame within our hearts. That's God, folks. Yeah. <laughs> That's God within us. Pure and simple. And so if, if a soul, the, the presence of God can never disappear or go away. So if a soul chooses to, to reject God as the fallen angels have, and eventually they go through the second death, which we talked about last week, the spirit that was there, the light returns to God. The identity of the soul is canceled out. Yeah. Um, so, which is a mercy considering the karma they have. But um, it, it's a good understanding to know. And this is why there's a, I don't know if urgency is the word, but it, yes, it is the word. In other yeah. words, in traditional Christianity, you give your heart to the Lord, you're done. Yeah. You know, you're in heaven for eternity. But we have to understand that God gives us plenty of opportunity, but it's only through our ascension that the soul becomes immortal. Well, and I think that's something we've said many times, too, that when you stand before the karmic board at the end of a lifetime and you come to understand that, what do you mean I was, I was supposed to have, you know, I mean, I was supposed to believe in karma reincarnation. I accepted Jesus. I'm not going back. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I think that the revelation of the truth has got to be a shock to many souls who are there thinking that they gave their life wholeheartedly to a certain concept, only to find out that it was too limited. And, And they may have made great progress. But they, if they don't balance their karma, they've still got to come back. Yeah, golly. Well, we were talking about uh, the soul and balance of the alpha and omega, the father-mother energies. It is the allness of God that we're talking about, and the true role of the soulmate is critical to achieving this balance. We'll be back after a short break for more. Stay put. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep, 
personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you again for staying with us. We're talking today, as we have been for the last two months now, about false teachers and false teachings and the ways in which these false teachers use certain terms to hook their followers. And one of the hooks is understanding or misunderstanding the nature of the soul. Now, how critical is a true understanding of the nature and role of a soul mate in the outpicturing of God's plan? Well, here's more. So, the first very important denial of St. Germain's teaching of free will on the one o'clock line in the Aquarian Age is this system which pushes the concept of soul travel and gives this definition of the soul. The whole concept of free will which St. Germain brings with Aquarius is teaching us that we have the freedom to choose the divine blueprint, the will of God, or an alternate path, but explaining to us the consequences and the responsibilities of our decision. The system says that there is no such thing as the soulmate. Your soulmate is inside of you. When your male and female halves come together in perfect balance, that is soulmating. Well, we all understand that the goal of life is to become androgynous, especially the initiations of the Buddha give us the inner awareness of masculine and feminine potentials. We are more and more complete as individuals as we pursue the path. Nevertheless, your soulmate is the individual with whom you are assigned to work for manifesting in the planes of matter the balance of alpha and omega in a specific chakra. Your twin flame is the one with whom you share the same fiery ovoid of the I am presence that has become twain through the division according to the pattern of the Tai Chi. So a soulmate is someone with whom you have identical soul patterns and you are working out the problems of mastery in one or more of the chakras through balancing the masculine and feminine rays. Your twin flame is one with whom you are working for the total balance of God consciousness. The soulmate is the balance of solar consciousness and also the balance of karma. So here's taking apart truth and then taking that part truth and denying a real truth. The part truth is certainly when the masculine feminine energies within you are in perfect balance, you have balance and you contain within yourself the allness of God in this plane. But that doesn't mean to say you don't have a soulmate. Your soulmate may be doing the identical thing and you may both be realizing the allness of God together or apart. That's a very dangerous concept. It kind of destroys the concept of hope the concept of God realization, the whole purpose that in the beginning God created man and woman, male and female created he them. And the concept is let us create man after our image and after our likeness. 
showing that the God who created was a plural God, or the Elohim, which is a plural name for God, showing that God himself is masculine and feminine. And Elohim, as a term, appears hundreds of times throughout the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew translation, because they used the plural concept of God because they understood God as masculine and feminine. I remember speaking to IM students who had been IM students for 40 and 50 years. And these IM students highly objected to the fact that Mark released the names of the seven mighty Elohim and their divine complements. That was a fantastic revelation. And it gives us their names to call upon and to tie into their energy fields, the names that they want us to have in this octave. Well, because these particular students were so bound up in the concept that there is no sex in God, that they said when you get to that level of God, there is no differential between masculine and feminine. Both beings are androgynous, the Elohim are androgynous, they don't have divine complements. Again, it's this funny thing, it's the same thing on another plane of denying a soulmate. I said to her, of course they are androgynous. Every ascended master is androgynous. You can't ascend without being the wholeness of God. You're ascending, after all, into the I Am Presence, an androgynous force field of the perfect polarity of the Father-Mother God. But, for the purpose of manifesting the Father-Mother God, we have polarity even in the ascended octaves. We have beings totally androgynous who hold the focus for the feminine aspect of the sixth ray of the Elohim, let's say, which would be Aloha. And we have one who holds the masculine polarity of the God consciousness of the sixth ray of the Elohim being peace. Each one individually is totally God. They come together and make a larger sphere of God consciousness, and as soon as they come together, they polarize. One goes completely feminine, one goes completely masculine for the purpose of polarization and release of energy. But within that feminine field or masculine field, they are still masculine and feminine. In other words, you might say that the feminine is the coefficient of the masculine-feminine consciousness. It's just like saying two bracket A plus B. A plus B is the masculine plus feminine, and the coefficient will be either a masculine or a feminine polarization of that energy. So beware, because this denial is denying the polarization of God into the masculine-feminine aspects throughout the whole creation. Now, it may not take you from the path of your ascension to say, okay, there are no soulmates. So that's one point of the law that because you're into this teaching, you don't have. But it's a funny thing how false teachings tend to mar the consciousness. They become smudges on the crystal chalice, and you start adding these up, and let's say none of the false teachings or the points are that important. You can still be a devotee, you can still love God, you can still make progress. But they do add up, they do block energy flow, they do prevent enlightenment. And they can be a psychic hook that prevents you from really being free in cosmic law. With the help of the spiritual adept, the individual is able to leave the physical state and investigate the worlds beyond. The highest the seeker can go alone would be the mental realm, and although this is the highest state man can achieve on his own, it is known to still be in the worlds of duality. The importance of soul travel is to be seen from the fact that omniscience can be obtained mainly through the release of the soul from the bondage of flesh by anyone who is still living. 
the method of voluntarily withdrawing soul from body and returning constitutes the highest technique and is the main occupation of the true seeker after truth. The founder of this organization said that. That is his quote. What he is saying is that for him, in his experience, this is the extent of his experience, voluntary withdrawing soul from body and returning constitutes the highest technique. In other words, he's saying this is the highest I've gone. But don't we all say that? We always think that what's the highest for us is the highest thing there is until we find something higher. Well, you have to realize that about every teacher. He's only teaching the highest that he's experienced or the highest that has been given to him. Hence, obviously, the advantage of the Ascended Masters who are teaching from almost an infinite awareness of heights of God consciousness. And you have to realize that about every teacher. Whatever he says to you is what he has experienced or else it's an intellectual repetition of what someone else has experienced. There's repeating that a teacher can only teach the highest truth that he has experienced and then hence the advantage of the Ascended Masters teaching an almost infinite awareness of God consciousness. See, the bottom line is don't accept any substitutes. Well, I think too, there's, <laughs> you have to realize that not every false teacher is a fallen angel. Right. Um, they may have force of darks behind them. Some may be very sincere. I mean, I know some dear Christians, they couldn't be any more sincere in the physical realm sure, than they are, yeah. you know, and they're very sweet souls. But the fact that they're sincere doesn't mean that everything they say is true. <laughs> right. And, and it doesn't mean it can't take you from your true path. And so and a willingness to be open to God and to the ascended masters does open a door that doesn't exist anyplace else. You don't want a door le leading into the astral plane, which is the psychic realm. You know, there may be some interesting things come out of there, but it's not a teaching that is going to propel you Godward. No, you know, the, the idea of having conviction can be very powerful. I think someone who has conviction has the passion behind what they're convicted of <laughs> in terms of their, their, their beliefs can sway people because people do tend to follow those who have a certain sense of authority. And it becomes self-reinforcing, even for the people that believe it. Yes. Um, and, of course, the sponsorship, I, I forgive me for taking our Christians to task here, but I love them so dearly, and my background is so strong in that, that, um, you know, the reinforcement of these things, and, and God does work with Christians. God does bring things to, to people's hearts and teaches them and so forth. And it's like when Mother Mary appears, the you know, it, it's appeared in history, very often the vernacular is the vernacular of the Catholic Church because <laughs> that's who's listening to her. That's yeah. true. You know, so so it doesn't mean God can't work with people or groups or organizations, um, but it, it does mean that you can't accept a, a person's personal experience um, just as we say, don't accept our personal experience. Go to God directly. Go to the Ascended Masters. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point of this program is for you to have openness to be willing to experiment with these teachings and this truth and, and to understand what it is to be directly taught, not only from your I Am presence, but from those who have won this battle that we're engaged in, the Ascended Masters. Indeed. You know, what do you say to people who feel guilty at challenging their own beliefs? Well, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know, and I understand that because the very thing happened to me, this dear Catholic family that we know, um, I was bringing up, talking to them about reincarnation one day, and they kind of agreed it made a lot of sense. And then the lady says, oh, I'm feeling guilty, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm going against my traditional teachings. Yeah. So, you know, well, I heard, go ahead. I heard somebody say uh, early on when I first found the path, uh, take 
as as a good suggestion regarding this situation, take your beliefs and set them on a shelf that is easily accessible. Uh, don't throw them out, but uh, set them on a shelf and then test the water of whatever the new uh, paradigm might be, you know. Well, I, I, yeah. And so I, it's there for you to retrieve if you want to. But I think it's very difficult uh, to be objective when you're dealing with some very core beliefs. You know, it's, it's hard, I think, to... I think it's a good idea to do that, but it would seem difficult at times to simply put them aside, to segregate them somehow, and not feel that they're yeah, interwoven with. Especially if you've been really well steeped in something, you know. <laughs> well, that's well, a nice way to put it. And that's yeah. what happened to me when I was interested in teachings. We got to the part of the Eastern teachings, you know, and Ganesha, who is the elephant-headed god. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a good Christian boy, that oh, was okay. that was a that was a big chunk, you know. <laughs> and so that's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> That's an elephant. Oh boy! Plain and simple. It wasn't even under the rug, right? No. Yeah. Um, so, but what it's a you know understanding Ganesha is symbolic of uh, you know a quality of God and so forth, as well as being a, a real being, but not necessarily an elephant-headed being, so to <laughs> right. speak. But I just say I kept saying, Jesus, you know, you got to help me with this. This yeah. is new. This is new to me. Yeah. You know, if this isn't right, make it clear to me. And I never got that sign or feeling. Well, but it's it's a good thing to do. Lord, make it clear to me. Yeah. Make that call. Well, coming up, soul travel. Is it a good idea? (laughs) We'll be back to answer that question in a moment. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Here's a question that's commonly put forth by false teachers. Can the soul leaving the body be a means of obtaining omniscience? And here's the answer. Now, the fallacy of the statement that omniscience can be obtained mainly through the release of the soul from the bondage of flesh is ridiculous. It says in the book of Revelation, He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. Which means, as your consciousness is at the time of death, so will it be after death. Now, death is a common example of the soul leaving the body. What was pointed out to John the Revelator was that it is a myth to think that people suddenly are transformed and become saints at death. We are at death exactly what we were before death, minus the body. If that is true, how can you say that the technique of the soul leaving the body is a means of obtaining omniscience? If suddenly leaving the body produced omniscience, we would all have attained enlightenment long ago without having to reincarnate. But you have to analyze these statements. Everybody thinks that they're so confined to the body and if they could actually consciously master the technique of traveling in their soul anywhere they wanted to go, they would certainly be free beings. But the soul is not free till it balances its karma through its four lower bodies. Hence, soul travel is an escape, not a freedom. It is an escape from responsibilities in this octave. It is the pursuit of the supernatural. It is the pursuit of something for the sake of the flattery of one's consciousness. We are easily duped, then, to think that this sort of teaching and this sort of flowing is going to give us enlightenment. What will give you enlightenment if you want to say to yourself the only thing or the greatest thing to give you enlightenment? That is your meditation upon your I Am Presence. Who is your God, who is your Holy of Holies, who has all knowledge, wisdom of the entire cosmos? That is the path Buddha showed us. He showed us the path of enlightenment. He showed us what to do to get there. We have to make that contact with the I Am Presence. And when we pursue it diligently, as he did, willing to pay the price at every step, the surrender, the sacrifice, the going on, enduring temptation and so forth, we attain enlightenment. Will you name me one avatar of the ages who attained enlightenment by getting in his soul and traveling around the astral plane? If soul travel was the answer, surely God would have sent us the Messiah to tell us that long ago. I mean, this is a thing of the last decade. I mean, if it were the way, surely Jesus would have said to us, soul travel is the answer. Surely Buddha would have said it, or at least Muhammad or Mother Mary. I mean, the fact that no great teacher of all time has even so much as touched on the concept should make you already questioning that isn't this a flattery of your outer consciousness that you are now going to have techniques and powers which ordinary people do not possess. Now, this particular organization, and this is not the only organization that projects this concept of soul travels. You'll find it in many places. This one says soul travel is different from astral projection. And the people in the organization are sensitive about lumping soul travel into the astral category. The reason being astral is a negative term 
They don't want to be lumped into it. Their travel is astral travel because your soul, anyone's soul, is not going to get out of the astral plane without the tube of light, the violet flame, Archangel Michael, the protection of the masters. I mean, when you are living and breathing and sleeping on the astral plane, to puncture that plane and get into the etheric octaves, you have to be like a rocket propelled by the light of your own aura. You need to make contact with the masters in that level. The masters mentioned in this organization aren't masters from the etheric or ascended master octaves. They are astral masters to begin with. They can only take you as high as they have gone. And that's the limitation of every worldly teacher, every teacher of this earth. If they are the teacher, then they can only take you where they are. If the ascended masters are the teachers, they can take you where they are. Now, the goal is for the consciousness to expand and for the vibratory rate to rise to the soul plane so that the individual, regardless of where his other finer bodies may be working, is under control of pure soul in the 360 degree state of knowing. This process is not accomplished for purely esoteric purposes, but has very practical value in that one is able to trace the source of any particular problem and discover its root cause in its own karmic history. All right, two points here. First of all, you don't want to be under the control of your soul at any time. Your soul is not something that you want to place your consciousness under. Your soul is the consciousness that has made the bad and good karma, that has made the mistakes, that has fallen, that is in this state. And lovingly, God has clothed the soul with four lower bodies so it could get out of the state that it got itself into. You want to be subject to your Christ self and your I am presence at all times. Now listen to this statement. This process is not accomplished for purely esoteric purposes, but has very practical value in that one is able to trace the source of any particular problem. When you are tracing problems to their source, you are tracing effects in matter back to causes in matter. What are you tracing? You're tracing your subconscious, just like a psychiatrist would be tracing it. You are tracing your electronic belt. That is what is psychic. That is what is astral. Tracing the problem and discovering its root cause and its karmic history. Well, you can read a certain amount of karmic history in your electronic belt, the records of your embodiments and the mistakes you've made in them. So this system gives itself away when you know what you're talking about. When you have the basic blueprint of identity, you know that all of your problems are below the belt. <laughs> Sounds to me that's where the soul is traveling. Since we know that the seat of the soul chakra is at that point, the soul is actually surrounded by the electronic belt. The soul, through meditation in the Christ and in the I Am Presence, is impelled to rise. It's buoyed up by the fountain of the mother flame and the base chakra. So it's sent up into the level of the Christ consciousness by the power, the energy of the mother. And in that awareness, it becomes imbued with its garment of light in place of its subconscious. <clears throat> it wears the garment of living flame, the deathless solar body or the seamless garment. And in that consciousness, where does it travel? When it puts on this traveling garment, it travels in the Christ consciousness to the retreats of the masters. It may even probe its own causal body, the I am presence, as first cause and discover its blueprint 
and discover where it's going, where it came from, and how to get back to the source. The masters teach the exercise of the soul leaving the body in its etheric vehicle to go to the retreats. That is in your seventh lesson, Keepers of the Flame lesson. And they wait till you have shown diligence for six months before you are given that lesson. It's a very simple exercise on projecting yourself out of your body. By that time, you are diligently giving your tube of light, your violet flame, your calls to Michael. You meditate upon the Teton retreat. You are shown how to get there and what to expect when you get there. And because you are a member of the fraternity and you've made your commitment to St. Germain, you have the protection of the gurus of the Ascended Masters to get you there. So it's a safe technique, it's a sure technique. I don't know anything in this system that teaches you that you're traveling in your etheric body, the highest body of your four lower bodies. That's what you travel in. Your etheric body has the blueprint of the other three bodies, and in the etheric plane you can contact peoples and places and conditions that look and appear physical. And that's where the Akashic Record is, and that's where the Masters teach their disciples about the karma of the past. They will go to a certain location where the disciple has been embodied. They will show you, you were embodied here. They will recreate by their consciousness the episode, the physical surrounding, so that you can actually handle physical things. And all of it seems physical. It's drawing out of Akasha the record. Experience it in your soul, in your etheric body. It's just like living it all over again. And you can watch the scenes. And St. Germain has given that teaching, and Moria has given it to us with his screen and his Darjeeling retreat. So the purpose of soul travel, from the Ascended Master standpoint, is to be in your higher consciousness, your etheric body, in the Christ mind, in the mind of your I Am Presence, with the Ascended Masters, for the purpose of learning. And for the purpose of seeing what you are intended to outpicture in matter in the denser bodies when you return to those bodies. You get the perspective of what your assignment is. What your assignment is. Well, I think, to sum that up again, uh, the true goal of soul travel is to be in your higher consciousness, in the Christ mind, for the purpose of learning. Yes, to get to the etheric retreats and not the astral plane, which is just a merry-go-round anyway, (laughs) um, and getting you nowhere. I I know we're just... uh, we're short, not have too much time in this segment, but I just want to give it a teaser here. When Mrs. Prophet talked about the screen that you watch in El Moria's retreat, mm-hmm. and this is interesting because when you get there, very often you'll be shown the, a record of an, another lifetime. You know, if you're wondering what did I do to deserve certain situations in my <laughs> life, um, they will actually show you the record. It's like watching a movie, a 3D movie in essence, because it's part of the Akashic records, and so you can see the karma that you made and how you got there. But the wonderful thing about this is, is you can put violet flame into an old record. You know, it could be 100,000 years old and actually transmute the karma of that record. Wow. And that's, that's why we give the violet flame. That's how we use it to balance karma. And the past can be changed, like one of those Superman movies I remember a number of years ago where <laughs> yeah. you reverse the spin of the earth or something and change the past. You can change your past through the use of the violet flame. And I, I mean, this is miraculous literally it is you know on this knowledge we have so had to put a little pitch in for the violet well, flame there i'm glad you did and speaking of pitches i think we want to pitch the keepers of the flame lessons you've heard some references to those and right. if you go to tsl.org and in the search bar just just type in keepers of the flame fraternity you'll get a lot of information and you can get these um keepers lessons online as well as in the physical 
And to expand on the point you just made, uh, Sydney, she uh, just to reiterate here, she said the violet flame, the tube of light, and Archangel Michael, those three things in particular she mentioned is what you need to get out of the astral plane. Yeah. So the tube of light protects you here mm-hmm. in the physical and so that your your God presence can come down and you can be, you know, you're like a candle burning in a milk bottle. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've seen a milk bottle. Yeah. But that's the, yeah. and placed into a, a, a pan of water. So it shows you how protected you are. Yeah. And then, of course, Archangel Michael in the violet flame. Absolutely. Protection. Well, we'll be back to wrap things up after a short break. Don't go away. starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything it is the nature of a spiritual seeker they look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all the summit lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the ascended masters through their messengers mark and elizabeth claire prophet For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. That last segment, uh, we heard some very interesting commentary. We always do. But one that I was particularly taken by was the fact that um, Mrs. Prophet said, we are the same after death as before. We are not suddenly transformed and become saints. And what is it that Edgar Casey well, said? Edgar Casey used to say that, um, you know, a dead Baptist is a dead Baptist. <laughs> and when I read that, it was a revelation to me. Because, of course, most Christians think they're going to be you know, rise the realms of glory, you know, and, and their statehood is going to be explicit. <laughs> and that's a nice thought again. But, you know, it, things of value are things you worked for and you earn. When you somebody just gives you something, what value does it have? And so it's that striving for oneness, God, this path. And so why do, you know, why do you keep learning all the rest of your life? You know, one of the things that, that society, especially in Europe, is promulgating now is euthanasia. Well, once you've reached a certain point, you know, what's the point in life? You're not going to get better. Let's just end it now. You're an expense to society. That money can be better used elsewhere, you know. That's a great message for the soul, isn't it? But the point is, you make progress, can make progress up to the point of death, even through your physical illness. You let God decide when you leave this planet. Don't let someone else decide that because you can balance karma, which is crucial. Paul talks about a better resurrection. What does that mean? It means you balance more karma. Here. And, yeah, on planet Earth, mm-hmm. so that you can get up higher, you know, after you leave here. So there's a purpose for everything under heaven, including being sick when you're old. 
um, if it's used properly. You know, so the the point we're making here is that don't there's no sudden transformation because you're giving your heart to the Lord. It's wonderful you're giving your heart to the Lord. We're all for that. But then you go to work, balancing your karma, putting on your Christhood, and manifesting those things you know is God's purpose for you. So we never stop striving. We never stop working. There are different cycles in our lives, but there's always time to do things and grow. And if you're sick in body, you know, we, of course we all want to get healed. But I remember Edgar Casey used to used to come for healing and say, why do you want to be healed? <laughs> well, obviously I want to be healed because I don't like being sick, you know. Yeah. But God doesn't necessarily want you to be healed unless, you know, sometimes we're sick. That's how God gets our attention, you know. Well, you know, and it's interesting you bring that up because that was, I think, just our last week's show. One of the quotes was that maybe God doesn't want you to heal. Maybe he wants you, by his mercy, to use this to transmute karma. Well, and, and, to, and to get your attention. Because if, <laughs> well, if somebody's going on making <laughs> making negative karma and they don't think anything's wrong with it, sometimes God says, well, as a mercy to your soul, I'm going to stop you now. And I'm well, going to bring some karma into your world. And, and, you know, another thing that's very important to remember is that when we pray for the healing of another, we always want to pray that it's aligned to the will of God. Because if we pray and we're fervently praying for somebody to be healed and they're healed, we may take on their karma. That's unappealing, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I have more than enough karma of my own. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is an understanding. These groups, I want to make one comment, if I may, and this is kind of what I see as a similar theme in all these false teachings that Mrs. Prof talked about these number of weeks, is they'll come up with something that in some ways may seem logical. Plausible. Plausible. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And because they're an authority role, oh, well, maybe that's true, da, 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 da. And so it it can be very confusing to the soul, and either they get sort of taken in by this and buy it, or at a certain point they become cynical. You know, everybody's just out for my buck, you know, so to speak, <laughs> and neither of which are a good place to be. So it's it's really important that we come to life and our spiritual growth. You know, and in, in my estimation, it begins on your knees. God, please show me. Please yeah. guide me. Please make sure I don't make wrong turns. You know, not my will, but thine be done. I mean, we're taught, we're told that when Jesus took incarnation, as his soul descended into matter, he cried out, Lord, I am come to, no, it's, Lord, I am come to do thy will, O God. I'm come to do thy will, O God. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But you get the gist of that. Got it. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. why we're all here, due to God's will. Why do God's will? Because it's the key to us getting home. It's the key to eternal life. It's the key to becoming who we really are in God. Yeah. You know, I, I want to kind of, this may be a subtle point to make, but we were talking a moment ago about we're the same after death as before. Well, and is that may be true in a general sense. Those of us who are chilas of the ascended masters and who are striving toward our ascension, when we make that transition, a lot of times we are the same and we also go through a process where we might become even more through the ascension spiral. So what I wanted to say there was that as we are living a life based on the the tenets and the teachings of the masters that as we you know approach that transition we are better for it because of what it is we're aiming at and what it is we intend to become and what it is we are awakened to in terms of our innate divinity so that as we're making transition we are still innately divine yeah we you know the uh, the the transition of death is uh it's like you're you're dressed in a uh uh, sport sport jacket on one side of the door. You open the door, and all of a sudden, you're in a gold lame uh, tuxedo. Well, that may be true if you have earned your ascension, 
But if you have not been striving toward that ascension, you'll end up on the other side of the door in the same sport coat. Well, and I need to add something here, too, is that uh, Mrs. (laughs) Prophet talked about, um, you know, you have to get through the astral plane to get to the etheric retreat. The etheric etheric realm is what we refer to as heaven, where the ascended masters are Jesus and God and so forth. And if you're doing soul travel in the astral plane, you're magnetized to that. Remember that like attracts like. So if your aura has, has a vibration of the astral plane, guess where you're going to go at the point of death? You're not going to the etheric in heaven. You're going to the astral plane, which is, you know, there are 33 levels of the astral plane, and, and, you know, the Pope this week said there is no hell. Well, I'm sorry, Pope Francis, but there is <laughs> hell because there are different levels of the astral plane. There's 33 different levels. And so you may be one of the, quote-unquote, higher levels of the astral plane, but it's still the astral plane. You're not where God is. You're not where uh, the ascended masters and the other beings of light are. So that's another reason to follow these teachings so that you don't get caught in the astral plane. Because for many souls, they get caught in the astral plane and they never, and then they're brought back into embodiment. So they've made no progress whatsoever yeah. because they've been around imperfection because that's what's in their aura. And you know that, that part of the Bible where Jesus says, those would have more will be given, those that have not, that will be taken from them. And I think that's the point. I, I could never understand that. If you have light, you get more light. If you have no light, the light which you have will be taken away. So again, you want to strive for many different reasons in the physical plane. But when you go to the etheric retreats between embodiment, at least you can go to the universities of the spirit, the spirit, get prepared for your next embodiment, and come back stronger than you were left. If you spend it in the astral plane, chances are you're going to be no better off, and you're just going to be the same person all over again. You know, this is a great point you, you raised, because I think, as my understanding is deepened just by what you said, if you have light, it's increased. If you are not acquiring light... Using up what you have. Illusion, that's why yeah. it's taken. Yeah. So is that, is that a? I think that's a way to look at it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to give a shout out for uh, one of the books and the subject matter that we've covered before. Strategies of Light and Darkness. Oh yeah. Is a, a nice little book. It, it's basically, I think, thirty-three strategies, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's available on our bookstore. Uh, you know, you can go to our bookstore on our website. Yeah. Well, also, that. any of you who are new to the show, go to the archives and find the whole series on strategies of light and darkness. Right. We did an extended series, maybe twelve, fifteen parts. Yeah, it was quite extensive. Quite extensive. It, it, yeah. it was very good. But yeah, that's right, Terry. It's <laughs> strategies of light and darkness is a great handbook for dealing with the dark side. And why do we? Why don't we just spend all our time talking about the magnificence of God? I mean, mm-hmm. I would prefer that, quite frankly. Sure. But the reason yeah. we're doing it is because we have to understand what's going on. Because otherwise, we've been fooled so many times in so many lifetimes. It's not going to happen again. And that's why understanding these strategies are a key to our victory. Absolutely. And if you have any questions. <laughs> Here's where we're located, Tom. We are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and we love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Really, thanks. And send us your questions, your concerns, your critiques. <laughs> send <laughs> we, those to Tom. <laughs> yeah, but we do. We, we, we read them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to kind of say this about the series we're in right now, we could call this anything. It, it, the, the name probably doesn't really matter. The point here is that we're talking about the choices that we make to rise up higher in our consciousness. The ascended masters are the masters. They know how it's done. They've been where you are. They know how to get where you want to go because they've been there before you. So follow the footsteps of the masters. That's really our point here is that the ascended masters are the highest teachers on the planet. Anyway, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are Are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week 